Are we recording? <laughs> oh yeah! It's like <laughs> a year from now. <laughs> Macho. Oh man, that's Vincy. I like that my kids know that I'm healthy and strong and fit, and that their mom is healthy and strong and fit. Like, okay, I can still get better without having to do a max effort every single day. Smashing yourself on the roller for uh, an hour, right? you're good by the next day as long as you had a sandwich in the net. On today's episode, we are going to focus mainly on exercise-induced pain and how that would influence pacing um, during either a fixed work task or um, an open-end work task. Very quickly, a fixed work task would be saying, here's the pace you have to row on the rower, and you go until you quit. So that's a time to exhaustion test. And an open task would be more like you know everything else, 2K for time. Um, you think of basically every CrossFit event, um, you can manipulate and change your pace. Um, yeah, and it's up to you. You don't have to stay at a certain workout or a work output. Um, it's totally up to you. But um, with these authors, and specifically uh, Lex Mauger, he's the most popular person I've been reading about this. Um, how does exercise-induced pain influence uh, your pacing? So, um, yeah, well, we'll just I'll, I'll let someone else describe uh, one of the, the one study which we posted in the last podcast. Or just describe the effects, uh, and we'll talk about the effects of what happens when you when you take an um, when you take something like acetaminophen, which would be an uh, an analgesic. So it would it, it should uh, reduce the scent the perception of pain that that individual is is experiencing. Yeah. So um, anyway, so with the acetaminophen, what it would do is it would reduce the it would reduce the effects of the nociception that would be occurring. Let's say you're doing. The, the examples they always use in the and what they use in research is always cycling. So um, you would like if you're biking at the same wattage, generally day to day, you should technically have the same amount of nociception coming from um, those fibers, those afferent fibers in, in in the legs, right? But if you take acetaminophen, the idea is that um, the perception of pain should be slightly reduced because it's acting on the brain, and therefore what you're perceiving. And the unpleasantness of that nociception coming from the legs should be somewhat reduced. Okay, so what does that do? What does that have an effect on? And I believe in that study they they did actually use trained cyclists, which is a good test. Mm-hmm. They used actually trained individuals, so not like not complete beginners. Was it a time to exhaustion? Was no, that... it was like it was a time trial. Okay, yeah. They used like a it was like a sixteen k time trial, I yeah. thought, or fifteen k time trial. Um. Anyway, I'm pretty sure that did they have. I can't remember if they had them. Did they have the groups like do both conditions, or did they just split them up? I thought they had they had them eat, do each each uh, yeah. each one right, and they just they did a, a double uh, like a blind crossover one. Yeah. yeah. So one group basically, if you did the time trial once, you take uh, I think it was 1.5 grams of acetaminophen, and it, the second time you did it, you would take a 1.5 gram uh, placebo, which would be I think it's just dextrose. And obviously, some t- some people would do the the placebo uh, first, and other people would do the acetaminophen second. And yeah, so what was the main difference between those two groups in the in what you saw with the pacing? Well, they 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 had a higher power output for for the uh, the sixteen kilometers the test. Yeah, even but they, I think again, it doesn't matter the distance. It was like fifteen or yeah, sixteen kilometers. But they 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 had a higher power output even if. They said that their effort was the same. Yeah. So that was like the bigger 
the differential. And where, yeah, and where was the power output different? At what point in the race was it most different? I can't remember. That. Was it in the middle part? It was in the middle. Yeah, right. it was at the middle of the race. Um, and yeah, so what Jason said there, right, is the it's it's interesting, right, because their RPE between groups was rated similar, but the group that had the acetaminophen um, ended up having a higher power output. So and then actually, and they they also they also had pain scales, so pain intensity ratings, and so the pain scales and the RPE scales between groups in both conditions were the same, but the group that had the acetaminophen had a higher power output. So, so they went faster, while feeling as <clears throat> while feeling pain. the same, yeah. while feeling the same amount of pain, and while experiencing the same amount of effort. Now the authors in that go on to suggest that because again they go back to the central governor type idea because you reduce pain, you allow people like it. They don't. They don't make it explicit, but they keep referencing allowing the athlete and permitting the athlete mm-hmm. to work harder, as opposed to again the athlete working to the sense of effort that they want to work at or they're okay with working at, and whatever they're going to be able to like plan for that's going to be a successful uh, pace for me. But either way, just reducing that pain, uh, pain perception, did improve their power output on a task like that. So, but they, that was increasing the pain threshold it, it was artificially increase improving their tolerance yeah. right or I, I don't know that it actually increased their threshold because i don't know if they tested that but it improved their pain tolerance right in the last episode we briefly touched on that the pain threshold was like at what point of pressure or at what point of like whatever do you experience pain right and the pain threshold usually with exercise induced pain is somewhere around, uh, and again, we're talking monostructural work, is somewhere around the gas exchange threshold. So it's usually around 50% of your VO2 max. Um, so for most people, that, that's, not, that's not really a hard pace, but that's like the first, that's the first point where people start saying on, while they're cycling going, I feel a little bit of, little bit of burning in my legs. Um, and yeah, and then pain tolerance would be like how much pain, like how much can you, how much can you deal with? Like once pain is present, how long can you tolerate that amount of pain, right? Um, yeah, okay, so that's the one example. So they reduce, they, artific- not, they artificially reduce uh, the pain perception and it improves um, time to, or it, it improves power output on a self-paced test. There are other ones which I haven't read that they artificially increase uh, pain perception by basically doing these saline injections and it, re- <laughs> yeah. And it reduces and it reduces their uh, it reduces the individual's power output. I believe it was on a time to exhaustion test. And then, um, so, so you would say, okay, well, well, I guess it's really important to reduce pain, right? You want to reduce pain and reduce exercise induced pain because that's going to make me go faster. But it, the interesting thing about the saline injection, <clears throat> from what I read and listened to, was it didn't matter if it was in a primary limb that was exercising either so say you were cycling they could put it in your deltoid and just the 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 pain that was induced from the solution would be enough to change your performance on a cycling test because of the like the cognitive demand to deal with the discomfort in your arm would impact your pacing which i which will go to what marcora's response was because i think that's a huge what you just said there Mm -hmm. it because it really it really impacts inhibitory control right which is a conscious process. Um, anyway, so again, the point being, uh, okay, if you increase pain, you're going to reduce people's pacing. If you decrease pain, you're going to improve their power output on a certain task. So, you know, 
what happens if you just like get rid of pain? Like, wouldn't that be really good? Like what's, what's exercise induced pain for? What's it there for? So there's a really popular study that uh, Malker keeps uh, referencing. Um, it's a fentanyl study with, uh, um, I think his name is Marcus Amon. And so they gave these cyclists like a fentanyl <laughs> block. So these, there, so there was no afferent feedback. So there's no nociception feedback um, from the group three, four afferents. So when these athletes are going, they're going as hard as they can or hard as they want. And there's no sensation of pain coming from their legs. Like they don't feel like their legs are burning. They don't feel anything. But what that does is it completely messes with their, with their pacing. Okay. Um, so what these people do is they go way too hard in the beginning and blow themselves to pieces on a time trial. And then they just barely finish. And then they can barely get off the bike because they've endured so much muscular endurance. Right. So you go, interesting. So what pain is doing, right? Pain is helping inform your sense of effort. It's helping informing like, this is how fast I need to go. And this is what's going to be advantageous for me. This is going to, what's going to allow me to get close to my potential and, and work with it. Like this is going to, what's going to help guide me in performing to my absolute potential, right? But so when you remove that feedback or the, you remove that sense of pain, um, it's affecting that pacing process because now you, you you're using that as a as a guide, right? It's it has it has an important it has an important component sorry is an important component to the overall performance of the athlete. So it's not just get rid of pain, do better. It's like you need to you need to recognize pain is present and it's kind of, it's going to kind of help you in some regard with pacing. Now, if you if you make pain worse, you're, it's going to make it less likely you're going to do better because it's really hard to deal with pain like that. Um, but it's not just as simple as more pain slows you down. The lower the pain is, the better you do. It's like maybe there's a point at when you reduce the pain so much that you actually do worse because you don't know how to guide yourself in these novel scenarios, so to speak. Um, but the one interesting thing with that study, which, uh, again, it's a counterexample, is with Marcor. He references that RPE didn't, and uh, it, it, like it, it wasn't really impacted, so to speak, that it was still present. People still worked to their maximum sense of effort, which is what he keeps using as an idea of it's a, if RPE is mainly a feed-forward process because these people had no feedback from their legs, from the, from the group 3-4 afferents, but they still had a maximum sense of effort, and they could tell you that. But they had a zero on the pain scale, right? Because these are two different things. But they work together, right, to connect, right? They work together to kind of help you, um, help you, I guess, give your best performance. Any comments on those studies? I'm going to read out Marcora's response to my question after. We didn't really talk about the, the subjective part of it, though, like the nociception um, feedback is different like it, the nociception feedback can be the same but someone's perception nociception of it, is unconscious yeah but the <clears throat> conscious perception of it can be very is is entirely subjective like that's yeah. a, that's a massive thing so like you can be doing the exact same pace getting the same feedback and it feels different day to day from like how willing you are to deal with that pain yeah like, yeah we, like that's that's a whole nother rabbit hole but yeah, but the, the whole point I wanted to make there is just what what is exercise-induced pain doing with your pacing or how is it informing your pacing? Um, and like a, a quick example for me, the other day I was running up a, running up a, a, like a large hill just to, um, at the back of the, probably a couple kilometers away from the gym. It's like a five-kilometer hill. 
Um, and I use the pain in my legs as a guide to help my help inform my pacing based on how much time I have. I know I have left because I'm going towards my house. So I like the the pain in my legs helps me helps me like guess like be more precise with my pacing and kind of going yeah. I know my sense of effort is going up, and now I could feel my legs burning a bit more. So, it, yeah, it's kind of confirming that I know I'm trying harder, and I'm not just going to get away with that, like, oh, it's not going to be that hard this time. It's like, well, my, my sense of effort was going up when I started speeding up the hill, and now my legs are starting to burn a little bit afterwards, which is giving me that feedback that, yeah, you are working. You're working that area hard. Do you also use that as, like, when you're doing some intuitive running, you start out and you feel really shitty? Like like it hurts to run today how far am i going i do it all the time (laughs) say it doesn't really happen to me that much um i would say if i if i start on a if i'm running a faster run and i don't warm up i actually feel worse in the first little bit because i'm not warm and then as i start warming up i just settle into it and feel better well when did you know after your last marathon when you were ready to start running again Oh, oh, with that, like yeah. in terms of doms, yeah, um, yeah. But was that pain informed? I mean, like I, I, I would say, like for me, yeah, it was like I would, I would do these little hops in the gym. I'd bounce up and down a bunch of times and go, my legs hurt. Yeah. They're, they're not recovered. They shouldn't hurt doing this, right? I shouldn't be, I shouldn't be experiencing pain doing this. So um, if you were in like a workout and you felt that pain and you were in the middle of it, you'd almost, ex- you'd expect that level of pain for a workout. Yeah. And you know the context of that pain. Yeah. So, sorry, that's what you're getting at. Yeah. So, like, even, like, at the end of my marathon, um, this is the important part, I, maybe what you're talking about, is, like, I anticipated that to happen. Like, I was expecting it to hurt and to ha- experience, but that's a different type of pain, right? I was expecting to have a muscular damage component. Um, and, yeah, like, if, if you, if you, we're getting a little off topic here, but if you go into that expecting it not to hurt and then it starts hurting... It's going to be a very bad, a very bad experience for you. Um, so there's there's a huge psychological component, which we're going to talk about more in the next episode. Again, for that, but just to reiterate what what we just mentioned, right? So they had studies on, and again, it's all it's almost all cycle ergometers. They reduce uh, exercise induced pain, uh, basically pain perception slightly through acetaminophen. It improves overall power output on a task by increasing the pacing generally. In the middle end um, of the race, they do it where they do saline injections, either like Scott said, in a non-working limb or in the working limb. It does slow down the pacing because it's it is increasing the nociception, which should therefore increase the pain perception of the athlete at every given level of work. And then they have the extreme ones where they take away any afferent feedback. So it, there is lots of uh, lots of confounding things with this one. But there's basically there's zero on the pain scale, but it completely destroys their pacing because they use that as a sense of like how to guide themselves and go, this is what I need to do to try to inform my long-term pacing strategy is that afferent feedback of how hard, how like what do my legs actually feel like? Maybe I should be going a little slower. Like how accurate is my sense of effort right now versus like, so those two things work together. Pain and perception of effort work together to kind of inform each other. That's what I wanted. To, that's the whole thing I wanted to mention there. Um, but so I had a question for uh, Mr. Sam Marcora. So he's um, again his big thing is perception of effort because 
the one thing, if you read these, if you read this research, and especially with Lex Malger, uh, it's constantly referring back to uh, how pain permits people or a reduction in pain permits people to work harder. And again, the word permit or allow is always is always in reference to a governor idea. That's what that's what it is. They're basing it on the reduction in pain is allowing athletes to work harder. Um, anyway, so the question I had for Marcora was um, I asked him if he could point me in the direction of a good article or discussion related to how exercise induced pain and uh, RPE interact in endurance performance. I said I have read most all of your research and Lex Malger's and uh, your own answer would happily suffice as well. He linked me an article, I'd read it and so I said I guess I'm looking to understand from your perspective which his is the psychobiological model perspective uh, how and why manipulations of exercise induced pain which we just discussed uh, changes work time basically. Uh, or changes performance, and I provided him the example that we just discussed with the acetaminophen in the time trial uh, of these athletes. And so my question was, how like how does increasing or decreasing uh, exercise-induced pain, how does it affect pacing, uh, and how does it interact with RPE? And his answer is that by increasing or reducing perception of effort, that's what it's doing. Although pain is not the cause of exhaustion, i.e. it's not the limit, it can increase perception of effort via... Um, either psychological, so the athlete is doing something that requires more effortful inhibitory control, or physiological mechanisms. An example of the physiological mechanisms is the spinal inhibitory reflex from the nociceptors, which we covered in the last episode, which would require a higher central command to produce the same power and speed. However, in some cases, these reflexes uh, from these group 3-4 afferents are excitatory, and overall, the effect is unclear. So one of the key things there is that, um, which we, get, we talked about in the last episode of the how the nociceptors can increase the inhibitory response, which is acts as a governor to protect the organism, protect the area, protect the tissue, protect the brain, the heart. Um, but Marcora's idea is that it's going to increase your RPE because you're going to consciously try harder to override it. And that's what the problem is. It's, it's going to drive your sense of effort even higher because you're going to have to try harder to work at the same power output now. Okay, so you have two different answers to the same problem, and I'm still I'm still much more on the side of Marcora with these with, with his explanation because I'm like it just feels like that to me. Like it just feels like if I want to go harder, I can go harder, but I don't want to go harder. It's that simple. Mm. I'm a pansy. <laughs> it's like I'm unwilling to experience that level of effort. I don't want to do it. I could run faster right now. I don't want to because it's gonna hurt so bad. Right. So, but what I'm doing is, but that's not to say pain is not important. It's what he's saying is that pain helps inform your sense of effort, right? And it can artificially increase or decrease it through psychological mechanisms, which we've also discussed. Is pain is both physiological and psychological, and it's what Jason was mentioning, and which we'll cover a little bit more in the next episode. Is the topic of self-efficacy and how that in in and of itself will impact the perception of pain the individual has and the athlete has, and why belief. And confidence in oneself is so important in performance. Thanks for tuning in. If you like the episode and know someone else that will, please share it with them as it helps to grow our reach. If you haven't done so already, please leave us a review wherever you listen. For questions about topics covered on the show or topics we haven't covered yet, send those questions to spiraloutpodcast at gmail.com. We do read the emails and have some topics that were submitted by listeners and we plan to cover them in the near future. 
You can follow at optimum underscore performance underscore training on Instagram to find out when new episodes are available. And last but not least, if you guys are in Calgary, come by and check out the gym. We offer individual design as well as personal training for those close by. If you live far, head over to optimumperformancecalgary.com to get information on remote coaching and athlete camps. Catch you guys in two weeks.